What's up, y'all? Thank you for being here. Welcome back. Um, I got to issue a real quick correction. Um, near the end of this episode, I'm talking with Wakai about a song called Silhouette from his album For a Dark Boy. And I accidentally attributed a bar said by the guest vocalist Marco Plus to him. I'm not going to tell you what the bar is because you got to listen to the episode to hear it. But um, my fault. Shout out to Marco Plus. He fucking crushed that verse. That song is amazing. One of my favorites of the year type shit. And, you know, thank you for being here. Enjoy yourselves. What's good, y'all? My name is Dylan Green, and this is Real Notes, a space dedicated to blurring the cultural and artistic lines between rap and film. I'm here to chop it up with everyone from rappers and producers to journalists and video directors about their relationship to movies and how, if at all, film inspires their craft. My guest this week is Baton Rouge-based rapper Wakai. We spoke about Snowfall, Atlanta, The Wire, Menace to Society, the beauty of local businesses, why binging TV is a privilege, how the video for Kanye West's All Falls Down changed his life, his journey through the hip-hop rabbit hole, how his experience as a film editor has informed his experience as a musician, how COVID affected his approach to putting out music, and the creative process behind his debut solo album for a dark boy. Come fuck with us. What's cracking? Hi, everybody. Welcome back. I'm um <laughs> brain fog is a thing. It's the end of the week. We're on some we're on some crazy shit out here. But um welcome back to Real Notes. Um Dylan Cinema Sci. I got a lot of names. I do a lot of shit. Um I'm around all the time, places and things. And today we're talking to somebody else who's also around and does a lot of things in a lot of different places. At least at least recently. He's 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 he's, 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 he's been around a lot these past like couple of months and shit. Um but like, you know, like we got we got Wakai in the house today from fucking Baton, here, bro. fucking Baton Rouge's finest been fucking he, um you know to a dark boy is out it's incredible and we're here yeah bro thank you so much for taking the time like like I said off camera this has been a long time coming so I'm happy I'm happy to finally do this yeah everything is divine timing bro everything aligns when it needs to you know so I'm glad it was no better time than now you know right yeah you know like it's it's just like yeah, you just said it. I I I don't I don't have anything to add. <laughs> I don't have anything. You know, you, you know, like sometimes when like you talk and like somebody says something really like smooth and slick, and you feel like you need to add something to it, and you yeah. just like look like an asshole. <laughs> yeah, we, <laughs> my bad. No, it's not your <laughs> fault. It's it's not your fault. It's my fault. <laughs> I sometimes. <laughs> No, stop, stop, stop. I just, I just like, it's like every once in a while somebody says something and I'm like, I just, I just feel like I need to like add something to it. And like, I don't need to add anything to that. Like, you know, like you, you, you said it all, <laughs> but uh, no, nah, happy to have you here. Happy to do this. And um, I'm going to ask you the first question I ask everybody who comes on here, which is uh, what was the last movie or TV show you watched that you had a strong opinion about? Bro, I'm literally when before we got on the call, I was watching the new Snowfall episode. How is? But it? what's crazy? Yeah, like what's crazy? Like basically on this episode, they got the main character. They're having a wedding, right? And one of the one of the people he works with spiked the chocolate with LSD. So everyone at the wedding is tripping, and you and mind right. you, he's like a, he's a huge drug dealer, so he's already paranoid. So now he's like, everybody's trying to hug him and like talk to him and he's just tripping out, you know? But the last, but I wouldn't even say a big, a huge impact, really. This new Atlanta season has been crazy. 
man. Crazy. Talk to me about it. Like once, it, like I said something similar last week because I was talking to Bosco about it because Bosco and I talked about Snowfall too. But like no, but like I can't believe I've made it fifty-one episodes into the show and haven't talked about Atlanta yet. So let's talk about Atlanta. Right. <laughs> nah, bro. I was when I was at South by. They was doing the premiere. But I was just, I was watching one of my other homies perform, so I didn't get to go see it. But I would have seen the first episode of uh, South by when it was premiering it to everyone. Right. So like, so like how so like how did you feel about them starting the season off with uh with the um with the Devontae um why can't I remember that? Oh De- um, I'm with the Devontae Hart story. Like, cause that was uh Atlanta always does cool shit with like expecting the un- um with uh just just training people to expect the unexpected and just like and just like doing like a slightly like fantastical take on that whole story and having it end better than it did in real life thankfully mm-hmm. is, is tight but, but, but like how did you feel about that because like that was that was an interesting choice even by atlanta standards true but i mean donald's a genius bro and then i just like it, i don't know if you've seen if you follow his page but like right before atlanta came out he was showing like the writing camps when he was like making like the story for like this new season and it was yeah. just a room with him like with his homies like just smoking just talking about shit and i feel like they was talking about that story literally being like all right what's the way we could probably show this and then still like put an emphasis on it still ending like lighthearted versus what we see on a normal like like on a daily basis you know mm-hmm. but i don't know i love atlanta just off the strength they're gonna do and say the shit people are afraid to or afraid to show because it's like donald himself has built a platform is strong enough he can say whatever he wants, you know? And then it's cause like, for most people, it's like, uh, why, why are you why are you touching this sensitive subject? But if you like, my kid loves your music and my daughter and my, my wife loves your music too. Now it's like, okay, he's just probably, he's a smart guy. Like it turns into, instead of, ah, oh, it's a problem. Oh, he's just intelligent. And this is just how he's showing his art, which we need more people in those spaces to do. So I was like, I'm just appreciative. We have people like him to be, have platforms on a, FX is huge, you know? The fact that they're even giving him a show and allowing him to talk about what he's supposed to say and the fact that he has to be allowed to say it just shows you how far we are right now, how far we need to go, you know? Right. Yeah, nah, like, I remember I remember when the first season premiered and, like, how big of a deal it was like when, when like, those first... Because um, I was at the... Um, they did a premiere in New York and I got to see the first two episodes early. And, like, just, like... Like... I can't think of very many things I watched before where like I'm watching it and I'm like, oh, like I'm kind of like watching history happen. Like I would put the first, I, I would put the first, like I would put all of Atlanta, but excuse me, particularly like the first season, like pound for pound. It's like one of my favorite seasons of TV ever. Like the show is just so funny and so deep and just like not, and, and like, and like, it just, it really moves. It really moves to the beat of its own drum. And I just like, and like, and like not in like an overly pretentious way, because like Donald himself can be kind of like really pretentious sometimes. Like right, I love I him, but like he's got his moments and shit. But like Atlanta is almost like that. Like Atlanta's like the bubble where like everything about Donald Glover's persona, everything about the childish Gambino project, like it just works. Everything's perfect okay. and it just clicks into place. And like, and just like seeing that play out over the course of these three episodes because i haven't seen the fourth one yet because i was out last night but um right. seeing that play out over the course of the of, of, of like the first three episodes of the new season like how you feel about them being in europe and like just them fucking fucking around in europe and shit yeah like with the really it was the fact that he did the first episode how he did it then the second 
with them showing like the blackface shit. I was yeah. like, damn. So this this is how this season is gonna go. Like that's how I took it. It was like, all right. So we come in full force in the in the beginning. So I'm like, I don't know. They establishing what it's gonna be. And then I mean, I bet a lot of rappers go through this when they travel and they start going into spaces where they're like, oh damn, this is what people are on. Cause it's yeah. like you got to think out in Europe. I mean, I got homies who are out in Europe, but I've never been personally. So it's like it's probably a lot of shit that they're accustomed to that I'd be like, oh no. This this a no go for me, like personally, yeah. different cultures, you know. Yeah, nah, for real, like this. Yeah, like this wordy Pete thing. At, at, at like, like I learned about it maybe like, I want to say because um because my sister studied abroad out in that area, so like so like I had heard stories about like about that type of stuff. I've I've never seen it myself, but like right. that's just like. <laughs> Yeah, like I can't imagine just like being there and just like seeing a little baby in like blackface and having somebody explain like, oh, he's just like Santa's helper. He fell down the chimney type shit. Just like, just like, just like, you don't. Yeah, it's just one of those situations like you don't know what you would do until you're there. You know, like. True. And you yeah, seen them? They're like, oh, no, we're not fucking with it. <laughs> like, literally. Right, right, like right away and shit. And like one of the one of the crazy things about Atlanta is that like it's very much a show about rap. And but like we never see Paperboy rap like ever. We Ooh. haven't we we haven't seen him rap. We haven't seen him perform. The closest he came was when they were at the Spotify studio, and he, he was about to do this. He was about to do the show, and then he just walks off the stage because none of them are paying attention. Like I used to work in a building like that and shit, and like that was like that was like the perfect like it was perfect. Like shit like that happens in buildings like that all the fucking time. So I was like dying, just watching him just try to like figure it out. And just like, Ooh. they just get it, bro. They just get it. Like they get it. They get, it. They get a firsthand like perspective, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like you could just tell that like they live this stuff and like, not even just that they lived it, but that they just like understand it. And like, I, like I want to say since I've been since I've been around the age that I am like Atlanta was the first show is 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 one of the first shows I've seen that really feels like a like like I wouldn't I wouldn't even close it off to like a particularly like millennial thing it feels like a very like millennial gen z type of like we get what this means you know like it feels very it feels very modern in a, in 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 ways that a lot of other shows don't so yeah. I just appreciate that shit a lot yeah, it transcends, bro. And li- literally, you see FX, they seen how good Atlanta works, and that's why they made Dave. Literally. Like, they're literally replicated it, you know? Right. <laughs> and and Atlanta, and I don't know how you feel, but Atlanta is way better than Dave. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> At least I so. think so. By, by far, so. by far. But I mean, no, you know. No, 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 it, It's like Atlanta Atlanta opened the space for it, so I was like, oh, this works? Right. Hey, let's put it on another rap. Like, literally, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. They do that with all shows, though. Like, literally, they do that with all shows. Oh, yeah. Facts. Uh, Before we move on, you have a favorite episode of Atlanta? Just, like, off the top of your head? Probably probably the one where I keep going to the crib, right? That crazy crib. That's that's probably my favorite episode. Because it's just so, like, the the, keep goes to the crib and the man who's living there with his brother, he's holding his brother hostage. Oh, the fucking Teddy Perkins one. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah. Probably that one. Probably that one. Yo, I was like, what? I was like, random, very random. But I don't know, like something about like how he can have that kind of episode, and then the episode where the dude knocks, they ran over somebody with a car, and then like at least he not hurt. 
And then she's like, my back. Yeah, it's like, ah, yeah, the fucking barbershop oh, yeah, barber episode. episode. Yeah, that's the barbershop episode. Even the barbershop episode or that one or the other one. Wow. It's not so, that, so that's crazy because those are two of my favorites. I would say that. So I would say those two. Um, the fucking black, uh, um, 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 the black entertainment network one where with like all the commercials and shit. And, uh, damn, maybe those three, like, like I could sit here and talk about how much I love all the episodes or or most of the episodes all day, but like, but be like Teddy Perkins and the bar and and like the barbershop one is just like, it like, like it's so stressed, but it's so funny. Like I haven't been to a barber in 16 years, but like, I remember the feeling of just like having somebody like fucking duck out on you like that. Right. Different. Different. Nah, bro. Bibby, Bibby really had me stressed that whole time. And then, and then I think that was like a fly low and um, I think fly low and Thundercat scored the whole episode of the show. It was yeah. Nuts. Good. I did not know that. That's crazy. That's a, it's wild, like those small details as to why we fuck with the show. Yeah. Indirectly, you were gonna love it because you had all it had all the make inner makings to be something you love already before you even seen it. You know, it's crazy. Right. Yeah. Like you, you could tell they just t- they, they put a lot of care into how that show gets put together, and like I'm always I'm always fucking with that. Like, but um, but for you, like let's run it all the way back. So like like so like with film in particular actually wait 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 no 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 i forgot because there was something i wanted to ask you about snowfall because like i said last week for people who listen like that um i haven't made it all the way through snowfall yet i really want to start it um or or i really want to continue it but like what's your favorite aspect of watching snowfall and do you like the new season because i've been seeing some mixed reactions and like people it used to be like a universally acclaimed thing and now people are like Mm -hmm. i don't know about this new season but like how do you feel about it I kind of feel like, well, I'll start from how you ended it. Like, with this new season specifically, it's more so how the first season was, where it's like it's character development to these new characters being added into this new season. So it's kind of like they can't just be crazy. They're introducing too many things that that are, like, going to turn into other things, you know? Because, I mean, the next season is the last season. And I'm thinking the next season is going to be the craziest. You know what I mean? I feel like this is more so a build-up season. But... I really love Snowfall because it's like, one, it started, I mean, John Singleton, bro. Like, yeah, he, come he's on. He's, he, he literally goaded. So I was like, yeah. I already, off that, I loved it. And then on top of that, they're kind of showing how the U.S. literally fucked us over. Like, literally, like, they're showing it on a TV show. Like, yeah. you're watching the community get fucked up by the people who are supposed to, like, I don't know, the people who dictate how the community is. It's like, you're looking at it, like, besides Franklin, you don't see like a bunch of random like black people just flying planes back then. So it's kind of like who's flying the planes? How the how, how are the drugs coming by plane? Who has all of the planes? So it's like it's just one of those things like you like, damn, so this how it was. And then even like because my dad, my dad met uh Freeway Rick Ross. Like oh crazy. He met him, he met him at a car shop. My dad used to go back and forth to California with his cousins. Mm-hmm. They used to just drive like 80s like like mid like like early to mid 80s that's when they was doing that they used to just yeah. take road trips from uh louisiana or whatever because i mean louisiana got a lot of ties to kelly i'm thinking like the first like i don't i don't want to be misquoted it's either the, either the crips uh the the founder of the crips was from louisiana and he migrated mm-hmm. over to kelly oh it, okay yeah see either, it's either the i'm pretty sure it's the crips if it's not the crips it's the bloods but it's like it's a lot it's a lot of ties and the reason why the culture is how it is you can see similarities or whatever but basically my dad said he met him at a car show 
he was just like humble, very humble, very cool. Like he was just like next to like a crazy ass whip, then just dab him down and walk out. Take At shit. a car show. Right. Cause I he my my used to have a crazy ass car. So they used to like flex it at car shows type shit. Right. Yeah, it was on some shit like that. But I just love how it's like they show what really happened, like to a slight extent. They're not showing it as graphically, but sometimes they do show it graphically. And I feel like we have to show what's really going on so people can better understand and get rid of the excuse of, well, you can do this and this, but it's like, all right, when I do this and this, you take away this and that. So it's kind of like this show is showing how we get disembodied so many times. And it's been, this is shit that was going on in the 80s. So imagine if this was going on before my older sister was born in 1990, right? If all of this is going on before she was born, imagine what's going to happen when I was born in 2000. So it's like a process. And I feel like this show is showing the beginning of the cycle and why it's a loop, you know? See, wow. I love I love the way you put that because like that's really, you know, you know, like people like a lot of the conversation around shows like, you know, like Snowfall and The Wire and Top Boy, which I've been watching a lot of. I don't know if you watch Top Boy at all. Yeah, I'm on a new season. Hey, yeah, I'm 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 not done with it yet. I think I I think I'm six episodes and I'm almost done. But like, but like, but with shows like that, they often get accused of like glorifying the lifestyles that they're showing and it's like it's not really necessarily that it's everything that you just said you know like 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 they're connecting the dots and like when you look at the details like with a show like top boy and with a show like snowfall you like like the whole point is to emphasize like this you know you know like this is this is the environment that birthed these people and this is this is the environment that like forced people to do stuff like this and turn somebody like Franklin or somebody like Deshane into a monster, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, like these like like not to say that they're like completely blameless, but like you look at what's going on with like the crack era in the 80s and you look at what's going on with um uh, the drug epidemic and just like the way guns are out in the UK, like you can't get guns out there if, like for yeah. shit, you right. know, so like. But like, it's just, uh, you know, you know, just like tying all those elements of crime together in a way, but to be like, but to be like, this is because of this and, and, and to like, not necessarily say it or make it feel like a history lesson. Like they just, they just make it feel real in a way that's like not corny or like overly crazy or, 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 or like, or like it, it gets overly crazy sometimes, but like, sometimes, but you know, yeah, and then like, we'd be having yeah. conversations with like, who, like, I guess, like, for Franklin's character or, like, people in his same position back then, like, in L.A. or whatever, I don't think any of them knew how, like, devastating crack would be. They were just more on some, damn, like, they love it like this, and this is right. an easy thing. I feel like had they known how it would have been, they probably would have clipped it, you know? Oh, yeah, probably. And, like, and, 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 like, on top of that, like, you know, like, most people who are, like, who are, like, coming up around that era are like, oh, yeah, I tried crack once. You just hear people tell stories like, oh, yeah, I tried it once. I didn't like it that much. But like we look at it now and like for us, you know, like people like our age, like between like 20 and 30, it's like, oh, like you did crack. Like you what? Crack. <laughs> like, you, you, you was at rock bottom. Like, yeah, you know what nah, I mean? like, like you, <laughs> yeah, you know, you know like it's, it's like all it's like I've had a, I've had um, um I knew a couple of people who like claimed to me that they tried heroin once. And I was like, you're not just like shooting up dog food and like walking away. Like it's not like puffing a cigarette. Like stop. Yeah, right. Like people, people, people really go crazy with the shit sometimes. But like, like but it's, it's crazy because now it's like you look at like opiates and now it's like now they're forced like people are forced to pay attention because now it's yeah. like all right now it's a whole nother epidemic so now it's like all right yeah. same shit that we went through now y'all going through it only difference is like different most, like it's different complexions like literally yeah like, different complexions. 
that's the only difference, bro. But I mean, I don't know. It's like it's like a famous saying. I, I I'm gonna misquote it, but it's like it doesn't matter like where the bullet travels. It's just about what neighborhood it lands in. Mm. Facts. I mean, that's real. You know, like really, it, it yeah, like it it really is the difference between how the crack epidemic in the '80s and into the '90s was looked at, and how this opioid epidemic is, and and even and even like and, and um I'm a little while ago it was heroin too. But like you know, like you know, you said. Like you said, like, you know, like it's, it's, you know, like, you know, like the white people are bringing in the attention, but it is what it is, you know, like, I hope everybody gets well, obviously, like, you know, like drug addiction is right. a crazy thing that nobody should have to go through if they don't want to, I guess, but like, yeah, just, we know the game and yeah. John Singleton knows like, the game. Like, like, <laughs> and the people behind Top Boy know the game and the wire and all that shit, you know, like, that's why, that's why those shows are so special because they really, like they like they help people who didn't grow up in those areas or didn't grow up in that time period to really understand what it was like to an extent. Obviously, it's going to be fictionalized in some ways, but um, yeah. You remember that? You remember that episode where Michael Michael B. Jordan's character got killed? Yeah. That specific. I think that was my favorite season. What season was that again? I don't, I don't remember what that season. Might have been five. That might have been season five. Okay, okay, okay. Either season four or season five. It's one of those. But that season was just crazy. Because it's kind of like, it's like, damn. Like, now y'all showing it through the perspective of kids. So now it's like, you really, like, it's really going to hit home, you know? Because it's like, you, right. can't, you can't escape where you grow up, like, because you grow up. Like, literally, like, you have to go to school. If you don't have a car, you have to take the bus. If you don't have, if, if you miss the bus, you have to walk. So it's like, I don't know. It's just, it just shows you, like, it's different levels to it. Right. And yeah, like, that was, and, and that was one of Michael B. Jordan's, like, first, big things ever and just like it's just like the amount of the amount of people who got put on from the wire is just fucking crazy we could sit here and list names all day but like yeah man i've, I've been meaning to rewatch the wire because it's been years like i watched it when it first aired because like because well, like my because like my parents were watching it but like right. i have yet to kind of go back and revisit it in that way you know and i've been meaning to do it but once i get through like the other i got a whole stack of shows i'm trying to get through yeah, you gotta get but, through nah uh, please rewatch it bro because i like i i really sat down and watched it for real for real for the first time it's like when covid started and right. i was like bro i always see the wire i always see the wire i fuck with hbo let me see what's good you know no nah, it's no nah, it's been one of those i've been trying to get to for a minute but at some point I'm a finished top boy. I'm a finish all my other shit. I'm running through Jojo's Bizarre Adventure right now. I'm just trying to, oh. I got, a, I got a huge, and a Jujutsu Kaisen. I just started that a couple weeks ago. I'm trying to, I'm just trying to run through all my shit at some yeah, point. Tomorrow, bro. I feel you, bro. I just be moving <laughs> around. It'd be hard. Like I, I have right. to have certain times where I could watch shit. You know, it's like, I can't, I don't have the luxury of binging no more. So I was like, right. I was just got to sit down dates when I could watch shit. Oh man, say that again. Fucking binging hey, is a luxury. Holy it's shit. It's a luxury, bro. <laughs> it's, it's really a luxury, bro. I, I miss the days when I could sit and binge. Like in college, bro. Like I went to college for a year. Like when I was in college, bro, I could really binge some shit. Specifically right. the breaks. Like, oh my God, bro. I miss that shit. <laughs> Yo, no, nah, that's so real. Cause like, cause like I have times and opportunities to do it now, but like not as many as I did before. Like it wasn't like, like, like it was to the point where I could just like spend two weeks binging a 65 episode anime and I just can't do it like that no more. Yeah, you know, like I just yeah. like like I just have too much going on to just like sit down and like every once in a while I got to like bang out a show over a weekend. But it's so rare and just like yeah. it's a privilege, like it's a privilege. It's a luxury. It's all of that. Like, geez. 
Times have changed for sure. For sure. Like, <laughs> um, so, okay. So, um, so like while you were growing up and you first started to experience like media and like movies specifically, like what, like, like what was the first movie experience you can remember having? Like it could be at the theater. It could be at your cousin's house. It could be wherever, wherever you first remember catching some sort of movie. Yeah, I remember vividly, like, I, they had, like, a new tinsel town by my crib when I was, like, four, like, maybe, like I, th- I might have been, like, four, maybe four turning five, but I just remember going into tinsel town, and I was lit, like, I was too lit, like, I'm in there, like, hey, uh, uh put extra butter in my popcorn, like, I'm in tinsel town, like, I just remember that whole day, like, I, so for some reason, tinsel town was hitting me different, but it's, like, that tinsel town that was by my crib, they ended up shutting it down or whatever. But I always go back to those moments when I was going to the movies and I felt it. And it's kind of like, bro, like everybody knows, like when you're in like middle school or whatever, like you're not really like the girls who I was kicking it with, I can't really take you out on a date, but I can take you to the movies. So it's like uh-huh. the movie's always gonna hold like sentimental <laughs> value to me, like because it's just like the experiences and like just linking at the movies, going to the movies are like well, I remember when NWA first came out and those people on the side of the like the stairs, like because it was that packed. Or like certain movies coming out and then just like yeah. where people are like no or like like in certain things you know like that element of going to the movies and it's kind of different now because of covid but like right pre-covid like it's like you know like going to the movies was a nostalgic thing like right like and just because i'm curious tinseltown i assume was like a was like a theater like a chain in your area because yeah. i've never heard of that before yeah i mean they got something uh they got something in texas too like it might it might just be a southern thing Okay. It's like, it's like it'll be a it'll be like a Tinseltown Cinemark. Like, okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Top yeah, because we yeah, because we got Cinemarks up here, but I don't think I don't think any of them are called Tinseltown. And um yeah, I'm just I'm just always so interested in like in like in like local stuff like that. Just like just like what the theaters are called, like what the chains are, like all that type shit. I was I was just visiting my mom and um my mom lives in uh she lives outside of the Dallas Fort Worth area in Texas. So I was just like right. going crazy with all the local shit down there. Like I came back with like two bottles of big red. Cause my homie Caleb told me like, uh-huh. you got to try this big red shit. And I was like, all right, let me grab two bottles. And, and then I tried it and it tastes like this. Um, it, it tastes exactly like this soda. You can get up North called Inca Cola. It's like yellow pineapple oh, soda. Man. And like, right. I was like, and like, it was just funny to me that, Big Red was just Inca Cola, and I was like, "This is cool. Like, I like it. You know, I like Inca Cola, but it's just like, that. It's, it's just like, different, you know, it'd be like right. that sometimes, you know. But I will say, like, in terms of like, just we can have like potato chips. Like in the South, damn near everything hits. Like if we digesting yeah. it, majority of the time, it's not going to be ass. It's not going to be mid. You know what I mean? Right. Like even like the little chains that we have, like the food and chains, most of them are gas. Like in comparison to other chains. Right. What would you what would you what would you put over anything from down there? I have a, I have a couple things I'd choose, but what would you put over everything? Uh, I didn't realize how vital Canes is in comparison to a lot of other places. You know what I mean? Like, mm. have you ever had Canes? Nah, I know what Canes is, but I've never had Canes before. Canes originated in Baton Rouge. Like basically, mm. uh, the, the owner, what's his name? I think it's Todd Graves. I think that's the owner's name. He made it on LSU's campus because LSU was like right in the middle of BR. So it's right. like the first Canes is like right, like right there. And like 
I like growing up, I was like, Kane's, I don't know, Kane's hit, but I was like, this shit is not seasoned. Like, that's how I always felt. But it's like, when my homies, like, I got homies from DC, when they come to BR, they're like, oh, this, this, this crazy. Like, this, like, this crazy. And I'm just like, damn. Like, we're like, what y'all got out there to make y'all think this is top tier? You know what I mean? But I mean, you know, because Popeye's from Louisiana too. Uh huh. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, I guess this is another example. It's like, we got Canes, we got Popeye's. It's like, majority of our chains pretty good. Yeah. Popeye's is incredible, bro. Like, I've been eating Popeye's since I was a kid. There was one up the street at the, at the like, there was this, uh, there was like, uh, I, I don't even want to call it like a supermarket. It was like a, like there was like a grocery store in it, but it was like this like big complex. It used to be a train station. They just put a mm-hmm. bunch of stores in it and Popeye's, there was a Burger King there and then they replaced it with a Popeye's. And like, ever since then, like I, I must've been like nine or 10 and just like, that's just been like my go-to ever mm-hmm. since. Like, But imagine Popeyes like, but it hit different. It hit different out here. Like eating right, Popeye's yeah, in New Orleans, yeah. it tastes completely different than eating Popeye's, I don't know, like in LA. Like it's, it's just different, you know? I can imagine, like, like that's a. <laughs> this might sound sacrilegious, but I've always wanted to try Popeyes in 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 Louisiana, just because you know, like I know, like obviously there's like better shit to eat in Louisiana than fucking Popeyes, right. but like, you yeah, know, like, like <laughs> my homie Tobias, bro, he pulled up and he's like, uh, take me to Cafe Dumont, take me to Cafe Dumont for like some beignets, like I'm sorry, bro, I'll take you, but it's like this line is gonna be like an hour long for some fried bread. Like I was like, right. like if that's what you really, if that's what you really want, like I'll take you. And he was like, well, shit, take me to Popeye's, take me to Popeye's. I'm like, bro, like it's so much. But I mean, bro, like what I love about like NOLA, I mean the food in BR is great, don't get me wrong. But what I love about like New Orleans, you could just go to the gas station and get a crazy ass like meal, like a corner store. Like it's not really deli based, but it's people really chefing it up. You know what I mean? That's hard. I love stuff like that. We got a place in Jersey like that called Wawa. I don't know. I don't know if it's like as intricate, but like, but, but like everybody in Jersey swears by Wawa. It's, it's, it's like, it's like some of the best like gas station food you can get anywhere. It's just like, I, 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 I put Wawa over anything, you know, like people come here, like, let me go to Wawa. Like, (laughs) yeah, I got you. I got you. I might have to pee, bro. Like I've driven past Jersey, but I never really did nothing in Jersey, you know? Yeah, you know, we got cool stuff. We got we got Taylorham, we got uh we got Wawa, we got uh there's other stuff, but I'm blanking on all of it right now. Jersey's fun though. We have we have we have fun. Y'all got some there. legends though, huh? I know y'all got some legends from Jersey. Yeah, we got tons of legends from Jersey, like from 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 from, from every every stretch of the shit. Like, you know, yeah. like you know, like um fucking just blaze is from jersey fucking mm. goddamn Fouché is from Jersey, fucking Fair, God damn, I'm trying to think. There's so many. John, uh, I I gotta say it. Joe Budden's from Jersey, <laughs> I guess. Um, uh, okay. <laughs> there's no, no, no. There's 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 no. There's too many people from Jersey. I could sit here like I'm like Red Man, Naughty by Nature, fucking. Um, God damn. Uh, trying to think of other people. Clams Casino. I don't know if you fuck with Clams Casino. He's I'm from Jersey. Yeah, I'm a yeah. Mr. And Chris Patrick from Jersey too. Chris Patrick's from Jersey too. Yep, he's from right around. He's from right around my area. He's from East Orange. I'm um I'm from Montclair. They're not too far from each other. Shout out to Chris Patrick by the way. Chris Patrick's fucking amazing. That's yeah, the homie. No, for real. <laughs> um, what's it called? Sorry, I just I just lost my train of thought because I'm yeah. already fucking with this conversation so much. Um, this <laughs> love. So like so so like as you were coming up. And like taking trips to Tinseltown and just like enjoying time at the movies. Um, was there ever 
Like, was there ever, like, do you remember the first movie that you watched that kind of made you fall in love with movies? Like, it doesn't even necessarily have to be in like an artistic sense. It could just be like, you just right. really, really like this shit. And like, it made you look at all movies different. Seventh grade. Oh yeah, bro. Like I'm, I'm a movie, I'm a movie book, bro. Seventh grade, mm. first time I seen, first time I seen Minutes to Society, that changed everything. Just Damn. that whole, the whole premise. It, it was really, specifically Menace was the first one and then Higher Learning was the second one. But specifically Menace. Menace was the one. Cause it's just like, how it runs, I was like, damn, like, why is this niggas? I know, like, why is this like, why, why can I relate to this so much? Like, right. just even like from the scenes where it's like, he's sitting down with his grandparents and they just talking to him, I'm like, nigga, this is my life. <laughs> like, parts <laughs> of it, like, like certain parts of it, I wouldn't say the whole movie is like my life, but like right, certain parts yeah. of it, like, I got homies like O-Dog for sure. It's just like, and then I just, I got homies like Kane too. So I was like, I, I just seen like, I don't know, like, it's just, I can relate to it, I guess. And I seen that in seventh grade. So I was like, I guess I, it only became more prevalent by the time I got to high school. And the time I got older, I was like, damn, now I see, like, now I see, like, I see, like, what it really means and kind of, like, the message he was really trying to get out. But I, but I mean, the message that both of them, because I think it was the Hughes brothers, like, yeah, what both yeah, of them yeah. were trying to portray. Like, uh, it's so crazy you bring that up because I just watched it again for the first time in years. Uh, I want to say like a month ago because I got it. Um, um, I got the the Criterion Collection, put it out on on Blu-ray and I had I, oh. I, I, I had I had to grab a physical because I never owned it before. But just like, uh, OK, you too. Yeah. Like just like just like having just like seeing just seeing Kane get sat down by his grandfather and um, by um by uh, the Muslim homies dad and just like yeah. them talking about the Bible verses and just being like the it's crazy. Just like, the hunt is on and you're the prey and you can tell that he's just like and, and and just like like it's just it's so sad in a way that like like we all like we all know a old dog we all know a cane but like yeah. but like nobody makes it out of that movie okay Kane dies fucking the muslim yeah. dude dies and right. just and, and and you know it's like old dog's a fucking <laughs> psychopath on some other yeah. shit like he ended, up, he ended up getting locked up for that tape Right. You know, like, right. because because he felt the need to go around and show it to everybody and just like, why would you? Yeah, why? Like, why, bro? Like, but I mean, it just showed you like, hi, ah, bro, in the community, like it wasn't like they it's like they damn near were about to fail from the start because the start like their foundation was already crumbling to begin with. And it was just right. kind of getting out of the rubble. And it's kind of like he had that one decision to where he could have had another phase of his life. But his past ways caught up with him. And it's kind of like, damn, this movie is just embodying what a lot of America never gets to see. They just see the ending of it. Like they don't see the middle of it or the beginning of how it led to this. Yeah. I like, like you, you giving the you you giving a six-year-old a Glock and telling them to hold it. Like that's not that's not normal for a lot of people in America. Nope. <laughs> that's just how it is. But it's like, I mean, just even like I just related, I just related, bro. Like the culture out here, bro. It's different than in the East Coast. It's like everybody got guns out here. That's just what it is. I mean, it's right. like you can I could walk in the store and have a gun on my on my hip if I got my uh my permit to open carry because it's open concealed. Like you could walk around with right, it. Right. So it's like, I don't know, like seeing like being 12, 13 and seeing AR-15s was just was a was like I guess at 12, 13, I wasn't supposed to see that, but I did. So it's kind of like seeing like Seeing certain things like that, and then just seeing how it is in New York, where it's like, if you got that gun, it's a wrap. Like it's like it's like it's over. Like it's over for you. And I'm just like, damn. Like 
it's, it's, it's completely different culture. So it's like, I vividly remember that movie just like impacting me because my homie CJ, he's younger than me. He was in sixth grade. And he's like, bro, you got to watch Menace. Like Menace is just such a, like, it's real nihilist, but also just like a really just like, like they made the movie because they wanted to show, they wanted to show what people really went through. And like, and like, I was watching some of the behind the scenes shit and like, they actually filmed it like in the projects out there in California, like out there in Watts, like to the point where like people would be like walking up on Lorenz Tate talking about like, oh, like what set you claim? And he's like, I'm not from here. Like I'm from Chicago, son. Like, <laughs> and they're just like, nah, like you serious? Like, nah, like who's, 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 nah, it's like, nah, like who's your sister type shit? Like, <laughs> so like it was, they, they tried, tried so, so hard. hard. Yeah, yeah like, they, they tried, tried so, so hard, hard to, so. um, to really just like they try so hard to make it as realistic as possible but that makes it like incredibly sad and depressing but also really important right. like one of those things you got to watch like one or two times in your life yeah, it's hard just, to, you know what i mean yeah. like it's hard it's hard to rewatch it i feel that way about yeah. when they see us like i can't rewatch those bro that's too much for me you know oh my yeah nah yeah nah <laughs> i forgot all about that damn shit <laughs> this is like bro I ain't gonna cap. it's just certain it's certain shows and movies i watch after i watch them for like a week i just can't talk to white people bro like it's, that's why i was like when i watch certain stuff bro like i'm for real bro like i just like i really have to sit and reflect and being like all right please not let me say nothing crazy to this white woman she don't know me but it's like mm, like i just want to you know what i mean so like so when i watch certain things like it just it put things into perspective and i'm like Hmm. We in this position because of you? Like, yeah. like it's just one of them. Like, it's, it's one of them moments. What was the last thing you watched that made you feel that way? That's such a specific feeling. Like, I watched, bro. It's all right. I don't want Sammy Jackson's not in it. I'm trying to think who's a who's a, a major person in it. It's talking about what they did in Tuskegee, that movie, where they were doing the testing on them and then they were giving them syphilis. Oh yeah, I, I don't remember the name of the movie, but I know the I, story. I watched that for the first time. I watched that for the first time, like a couple weeks ago. And then I just caught myself like, hmm. So they, they, this is what y'all got going on. So I was like, you know what I mean? Like stuff like that, when I watch movies like that, you know? Majority of the time it's just stuff that's like, not like like real things, like movies based on true events. Right. Once you get, once you can show me on a grand scale what was really going on and you got a high budget for it, I'm gonna be highly upset because I'm gonna reflect and understand what really happened. Mm -hmm. Right, nah, it just puts everything into perspective for us and it just like gives us time to think about it. But just like, but just like doing that for a week is, it's, it's like, like having, having that head, having that mindset for a week is just hilarious to me. Cause it really, cause it's really like that. Like it's you like really, that, really like that. Like you like that. Like I got, I got, I got reasons to my anger. It's not like I'm being illogical. Like I understand why I'm mad. And when I right. really understand why I'm mad, I get more mad. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, it, it, yeah. It's just like, you want to talk about it, but you can't mm -hmm. talk about it because when you do, like they just don't get it. <laughs> crazy shit right literally um, literally it's one of those things like you gotta understand like we everybody's all right bro best way i could describe it we all in our own universe to begin yeah. with so it's kind of like you're gonna be chasing your tail trying to explain your universe to someone else when you understand what frequency they on you just gotta 
you gotta love them for what they and then just like go about your day. Cause at the end of the day, my direction is different than yours because we on two different roads. Like literally, like we're literally on two different roads and probably in different cars. So it's like sometimes you get people in the same car. Sometimes you get somebody in the passenger seat, but they'll never be driving with you. Like they'll never drive in that same direction or understand where you're driving your car to. If you yeah. get what I'm saying by metaphor, like they'll never truly understand that. But it, I, sometimes it's people who will be willing to open the door to get into the car. Right. And yeah, like there's definitely a difference between like being a passenger in someone else's story and like being the driver in your own. Yeah. Like that's that's a crazy way to put that, bro. That's so wild. <laughs> never, never thought yeah. about it like that before. Wow. <laughs> I be, bro. Like we all get it's like at, at a young age. They all tell us what a GPS is, but it's like right. when we get older, you realize, oh, damn, why does his GPS have different features than mine? Is something wrong with my GPS? No, nigga. They didn't tell you how to go to the store to get a better one. Like, literally, <laughs> when you go to the store, they make it hard for you saying, uh, well, actually, we don't take fives. We only take 20s. So you leave and get 20s. Oh, actually, like our machine isn't working right now. So can you just bring uh, the fives? Like, that's literally what we go through. <laughs> like, li that's literally what we go through. All over a GPS that we're gonna realize that we could have made by ourselves and didn't need to use to begin with. So it's kind of like it's that's literally how it is, bro. Man, I like everybody listening right now. I hope y'all. I hope y'all hearing what this kid is saying, bro. This is this is. I I I hope you're hearing everything he's saying right now. <laughs> Either that or they gonna think I'm high and crazy. <laughs> like oh, like man, literally. man it, it's it's you're not <laughs> like oh shit like i almost i almost i almost feel like trivial taking it over to this part right now but like i gotta ask like you know like with the movie shit like i want to take it to the music shit when did you first fall in love with music and like who were some of your like favorite artists and like influences coming up and shit well bro like i, I literally like i got a drum set when i was three because my, my my parents was getting annoyed that i kept beating on things so i was like i give them a drum set so it's kind of like i literally always had it in me so but i feel like first thing really changed my life i was five basically my mom had a tv like it was one of these box tvs in my room with me and my middle sister because i got two sisters but i stayed in the same room with my middle sister and basically like we had like these bunk beds and we had a box tv at the bottom near like where i was and it would be like BT, like it was like some kind of like BT show that just played music videos, but they ran them like at nighttime. But my TV would auto set to turn off because it had like this like child lock thing on it. You know what I mean? Mm. Where you could program it to fall asleep. So mine would fall asleep at a certain time so we could go to sleep. I mean, we I'm five. But basically, for some reason, I couldn't go to sleep that night. Then I turned the TV back on. And then I seen Kanye going through the x-ray on the All Falls Down video. And that shit just changed wow. my life. I was like, what is this? Like, like I, I, I'll never forget. I still remember, bro. Like, I remember I'm, I'm like, damn, I can't go. Let me watch something. I'm, I'm trying to watch cartoons. But I was like, he going through the x-ray? Like, I never even, like, I never flew in a plane. So I'd never seen what the airport was like because I was five. You know what I mean? So I was like, I've seen a lot at once. But then I was like, like, this is it. Like, they're like this is it. And I guess, like, I used to, like, like sing and rap with my action figures and like my Hot Wheels and shit. Like when I was like a little kid, like at a young age. So I guess that kind of made me like real crazy at like freestyling. Like I was always like really good, like with putting words together. Cause I didn't know I was rapping, I guess. Like I was just, I was just singing shit and like putting shit together, like doing my own version of it when I was pretty young. So I guess right. that was like my first thing. But really when I seen the All Falls Down video, that was my first like introduction to me being like, I don't know what this is, but I love it. And I know my pops plays it a lot. 
So I was like, whatever, whatever this is, that's when I started having them conversations with him. Like, uh, hey, play some more of this. So like, play some more because he was playing everything, bro. Like, I love Outcast as much as I do because of him. I love Tribe as much as I do because of him. Like, he was playing like so much stuff. So it was like, I was seeing a lot. Like, basically, my pops was putting me on to like, he was born in 1966. So you got to think by 96, he was uh he was uh 20, 20, 26. So like, yeah. In, in his 20s, well, like he, he was a little older than I am now. Like I'm about to turn 22. So he's a couple years older than me. So in the 90s, he was like me now, basically. So it's like he was and all the heat that was coming out, he was just taking it all in, you know? Cause even though he was from like he's from Plaquemine. It's like across the bridge, but it's not too far from BR. You just drive across, you drive over the bridge and you're in Plekman, basically. So it's right. like his music taste was just like very eclectic. Like he was just in, like, I'm thankful for it. Like he was one of the people smoking joints with his friends, so like listening to whatever, whatever like rap they were seeing. It was just all for it. Cause some people was just very close minded to it at that point, back then here specifically. But my mom, on the other hand, like when I'd be in a car with her, that's when she was putting me on like all of the I say like neo soul, more so like melodic. Like that was like the NDRE, the Amy Winehouse, the Sade, Erica Badu, yeah. Lauren Hill, Jill Scott. That was my mom. Like my mom would my pops would play it too, but he'd be more so like he'd be doing a lot of the driving. So it's like he's doing stuff that's gonna keep him upbeat. So that was more the rap, you know? Right. Yeah. Like that, like that. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna go back. Like you, you, you just you just said a mouthful. I want to go back on. Um, I want to go back on you first discovering the All Falls Down video. Like, right. what was it? Like, what was it about? What was it about that video and that song that really like struck you? And because like yeah, because like I remember when I first saw it too, and like that definitely changed my life as well. But like, what was it about that shit for you that really hit you? Yeah, like one like, cause mind you like. I love spoken word. Like I love spoken word. And I remember like the Def Jam, like uh like when I was doing like the poetry when Kanye did it. I remember yeah. all of that. Cause it's like I just went, I just went through a rabbit hole of just like trying to discover certain things that was like that. But when I specifically when I was five, it was just to that point, it was like I was hearing a lot of songs, but it's like I wasn't really like retaining everything the best way, but specifically for the first time, I would say I really zone in everything that he was doing like I'm like you like for the longest you look at your parents like you like you look up to your parents because i mean you're physically smaller but it's like in that moment i was looking up to the tv like just like an amazement as if it was my parents you know like that's like that feeling yeah. like that feeling that just i don't know like it's like i'm ascending like sonically this is making me ascend out of my five-year-old body <laughs> like <laughs> like that's like like that's the best way I could describe it. Like right. that sounds bad sense, but like when I was five, this nigga Kanye took me out my body. Like like literally. Like, <laughs> that's why you. That's why I'm wearing. That's why I'm wearing Yeezys now. Like it because I I got an interesting relationship with Kanye, but without without Kanye, there's no me. Like literally. Right. Like, so yeah, it is, yeah. Like, that's what it was. Like. You can say that for pretty much all of us. You know, like I, yeah, I feel like at this point we all got a complicated relationship with Kanye. It's like difficult. And we don't have to dig into it too much here, but like it's just he's a lot. But like he also just like he influenced so many people in so many different ways. And you know, like that's you know, like that's of course like that's the starting point. So for you, like especially considering that like 
considering that your pops and your mom were really were really up on stuff that was like fairly contemporary at that time like what but like when like aside from Kanye who were some of the first people that like you kind of discovered on your own that you could kind of claim as like yours in a way that like your father claimed tribe and outcast like who was that besides Kanye for you I guess like I take it to middle school like specifically seventh grade seventh grade is when I like really did my homework on everything because it's like it was just a lot of stuff my pops was putting me on to but it's like it was other things that he didn't show me that he probably knew but just was like probably forgot like because I mean he's he's older so it's like it's certain songs that you forget but it's certain beats that I'll never forget so it's like it's, mm-hmm. I wanted to dive in like production wise because I was just looking for a different sound of beats at that point by the time because this is me 12 almost 13 so it's like I'm like all right I know why I love rap so much. And for me at that point, it was the production. So I was like, all right, I'm trying to find certain beats that are resonating with me right now. And specifically, it was like, I went back and bumped. I was watching Behind the Music. This was in seventh grade. Like I was watching TV and I was like, damn, I really don't know shit about Nas. So I was like, I watched the episode and I was like, damn, bro, I want to go back and watch, listen to everything. So I, was like, I went back and listened to Elmatic and I was like, wow. But then when I heard it was written, then I was like, wow, this is what Nas is. So this is this is why niggas fuck with Nas. Like I was like I, was, I don't know I was just doing my homework and then through that I went to everybody East Coast. Like I I, I divided it by like the area codes people were in. Like mm. I listened to Nas's I listened to Nas's discography, then I listened to Mob Deep's discography. Like I and then I listened to Biggie's discography. Like I was breaking it, then I listened to Jay's discography. Like seventh grade is when I heard Reason the Badal for the first time. Like that that was like a very like important year like well important time for me like just figuring out what i like and why i like it because the first beats i was like hopping on bro were like knowledge beats and like dilla and ninth wonder beats like that's the first things i was like really writing to and like really like all right my homie got a mic or my homie got equipment what am i going to get on i'm going to get on a metal beat or i'm going to get on a dilla beat like that's just like that was my first introduction but it was to what i was finding when i was younger and i really like attribute that to seventh grade just really doing my homework watching a lot of behind the musics and then just different like rap documentaries, like rhyme and reason, like just certain things that I, I was just like, really like, I just, I'm a fan, bro. I'm still a fan. Like, and I feel like I'm still a student of hip hop and just like the medium of it. So I was like, I really, I watch all the movies, like all the rap movies. I, that's when I was watching belly. That's when I was watching like everything. Like I was really doing my homework on certain things. Cause it's like, I'm the youngest of two other people. So it's, it's, it's two different generations of music that I got put onto and my parents' generation. So now it's like, I, I remember vividly going on MP3 Rocket and LimeWire and FrostWire. Like I like, and then going on that Piff, like all of that, that's when I was really, when I first got to get my own taste of music, it was going on these platforms from shit my, shit my oldest sister was putting me on. Cause I mean, it's a 10 year difference. So I was like, she put me on Kendrick. She put me on Cole. Like I remember my sister first showed me Cole when I was in like fourth grade. It's like subtle things like that. Cause like I was in fourth grade, like 2009. So it's like, she put me on a call around then. So certain things like that is like, I was like super young, but it's like, I wasn't really like when it came to like getting put on, put on to certain music, like, cause she was 10 years older than me. So the same way a lot of grown people would discover music. That's how I was discovering it at a super young age. I'm just grateful. I was the youngest. I got to listen to everything. Cause they were already listening before I was, you know? 
Right. Yeah. You, yeah. You kind of had a, you had like a roadmap through a lot of the things and just like, you know, like you, you had a roadmap, but then you also kind of went off and made your own discoveries based off of that right. roadmap. And right. that's yeah. like, and, and that's so precious and that's so priceless, you know, like to have, to have that sort of connection, like, especially through family, like that's, that's, I love that shit. I, yeah, I like, man. I have, I have, I have that too. Cause I was the oldest, I was the oldest kid in my house, but right. I'm the middle child when it comes to my, um, I'm to my father's children. I have an older sister and a younger sister. Oh, okay. um, the, um, I'm, I'm, my oldest sister is 20 years older than me and she came from a different mother. I love you, Aisha. I hope you're listening. And my younger sister, um, Joey is, uh, three years younger than me. And, and we both have the same, and we both have the same mother and father, but, um, you know, just like kind of, kind of just like taking in music from my father, who's very, who's a lot older than I feel like most people's fathers at, 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 at my age, he's, he's about to be 77 next week. So okay. he was like, he, he was already like, about, he, <laughs> I'll let him know you said that. Um, he, uh, yeah, he, yeah, so he was, he was almost 50 when I was born. So like okay. he was he was already like a grown ass man when I was born. So like he he kind of came he kind of came up on like doo-wop and like all like the old school like Motown and R&B stuff. Like he lived through right. all of that stuff. So like he would kind of put us on to that and you know like he but like he's also somebody who's like really into like contemporary shit. So he was all, so so like at the time he was really into like Destiny's Child and like Brandy wow. and Eric Benet right. and all that stuff. So like I, it's just it's kind of crazy how like voracious his appetite is like still he's just so hungry he's like almost 80 years old and he's still looking for new shit that's incredible yeah. to me and then like my mom would be somebody who was like she was into like a lot of like contemporary r&b and rap but was also like more of the rock shit she was big into like aerosmith and like sting and lenny kravitz and all that stuff so like i kind of and like she was a big ll cool j fan like she was the reason ah, I first, she, she was the reason I first heard um his album um the one that came out in the early two thousands Headsprung that everybody hates now for some reason, but like that was oh, that, that, that was like that was like my first exposure to LL Cool J like hearing Headsprung and shit. So like that's why my pops used to play I Need Love all the time because that's when he, <laughs> that's what he that's what he was on right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i just i just went back recently and ran through some ll cool j stuff just because i was like interested in it and just like damn he's he's he really has something man like 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 people fuck with ll cool j for a reason like it's it's oh, like because you got to think like in that era when he was first like coming through like with rick rubin and all of them it was nobody heard nothing to that point like you know what right. i mean so kind of like it was very fresh and new so like he, he was an innovator if anything you know Oh yeah. No, he was, he was absolutely an innovator. And then, you know, like, as I'm coming up, like I start, you know, like I have this, I have this like huge, like I get into this like huge, uh, I get big into snap music at some point. So like, I'm big on like Lil John and like the yin yang twins and like all that shit. And then I discover, um, I was just talking to my friend yesterday about, um, uh, hearing the rich boy album for the first time, like, and, 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 and just like how, like, how like throw some, I, I don't want to say throw some D's changed my life, but like, I remember the first time I heard throw some D's and was just like, oh, like, I love this. Like, what is this? You know, like, man, just like just this music shit is beautiful, man. And to just have it like branch off, like in your own ways, like from that establishment to. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm big on connecting generational threads like that. I think that shit is tough. I just like how now people not trying to gatekeep. Like, why right. would you gatekeep the platform if you wanted to grow? Because I thought that was the goal ultimately. You know, right? Yeah, no, nah, like, like old songs, like like 
bro why, why can't you tell me what the song is like 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 literally like 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 what's the point like yeah man i don't know i mean I'm, i mean like i get it to an extent when it comes to like sample snitching and stuff but like other than that like if we're not talking about that like why are you why are you being so weird about the shit like who cares like 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 put people on and shit damn um so for you, like having having this background with film and having this background with music, um, was there ever a period of time where, um, was there ever a period of time where like the two interconnected for you and you kind of noticed that they complement each other? Because like you were mentioning like the documentaries and stuff, but were there any other specific examples where like you kind of noticed that like music and movies kind of go together in that way? Yeah. Well, I mean, like it was really like that my whole life, like uh. I went, when I went to school for a year, I was a filmmaker major. Like I minored music. Mm. Yeah, so it's like I was like I was a digital filmmaker, and then it's like I've shot music videos for people, I've edited videos for people. Then just helped like with creative direction in terms of treatment, like for certain people. I still do that for certain rappers. So it's like I I got it for the most part, my whole life. Like my pops was the person who was always recording and like holding the camera, and like he was the one who was he was the one who had the camcorder. Like when camcorders first had came out, like he was documenting everything, which I'm grateful for now it only passed on to me so it's like his appreciation right. of this the arts was really just like instilled in me because what he likes i'm gonna like too because like we, we got the same genetics like it's like it was it was bound it was bound to work but i guess i found that correlation the most i say when i was in probably like my junior year of high school like i realized a lot of concepts and stuff that i wanted to do i find similar artists who were signed doing the same things. And this is when I was when, like in high school. So it's kind of like, all right, I know I'm a part of like a great niche. Like, like the niche that I'm in, like there's a bunch of people doing things that I was trying to do when I was 14 now. So it's kind of like, I know like, I kind of know, like I kind of knew what like palette I wanted to like be on. It was just more so diversifying that palette. And I really got a better appreciation for film. And it just like, while I, while I love cinematography so much, just like how like the composition of shots in a frame, like, I just love it. It's the same way how I want my artwork to look the same way it sounds. Like, I want these colors to mesh with. That all comes from film. And then just understanding why I love certain directors and love certain cinematographers. Just why I love certain composers and certain producers. They all correlate. Like, they're all the same. Like, you can't have a movie if it's not scored unless you got, like, a solid movie, you know? Right. So they yeah. mean, like, Right. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Unless you have, like, a... Um, I was talking to the homie Brain Orchestra not too long ago, and he mentioned that uh, he reminded me that No Country for Old Men doesn't have a score, which is kind of oh. crazy to think about. But like, it it, it doesn't have it. But like, most of the time, like most of the time, like there's gonna be a score to your movie, and like, and and, and you know, like it's there to like enhance the mood, you know, like. But also, like, not having a score can enhance the mood, and it just shows how like the absence of sound can really just change the way, because like. Cause like imagine watching a movie like like I'm not sure if you've seen No Country for Old Men. You seen it? Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it. So like imagine that movie with a score. Imagine that movie with music behind it, and like the whole ask like like the whole um the whole tone of the movie would completely change. Yeah, I think you know like it's good for sure. They, it plays a big part, bro. Like you hear yeah. certain vibrations, so you're going to move a certain way, or you're going to your senses. Like you're just like oh like. Damn, like if you're playing some loud ass bills, okay, it's about to be something triumphant. Or yeah. if you're playing strings, it's probably something sad or something like like a, a moment of gathering again. Right. And that's just like, 
yeah it's it, like it's just amazing how much music can it's just how it's just it's amazing how like music or the lack of music can just change the way you look at something especially something like a movie like that shit is crazy to me yeah bro it's it's beautiful bro like it's, it's crazy like now you got people like Tyler scoring films like like yeah. that's beautiful like the fact that like just like the like the medium of rap how it's got into this point where it's like, all right, you have to ex- like you have to accept like we're all just many subgenres of different subgenres of different subgenres. Like we're all like of the same family. We just we just we just a relative, like literally. Right, and that and and that's like a beautiful thing. Like we want this shit to grow. We want this shit to grow in ways like that, and to just kind of give people the freedom to kind of be whatever they want, which is something that Tyler's all about, and I feel like that's something that you're all about. So yeah, I'm trying to, bro. Like going in that space, you know. Just like, you yeah, know, man. like we live in an era like mass production. So it's like, all right, while people are mass producing, we losing like a lot of the quality because we're gaining quantity, but quantity isn't the worst in some cases. Now it's like, I have a bunch of artists I can confide in versus back then you had to wait. Like you really had to wait to like that. Like yeah. the label prioritized this artist. Now it's like, I got a whole plethora of artists I could like dive into, you know? Yeah, totally. <laughs> And like, and, and you're like, for me personally, the first time I heard your shit was when I was sent uh, dreadlocks back in 2020. And right. that's when I was, and that's when I was like, whoa, like, who is this? Like, <laughs> you know, like I, I, like I gave it a listen and I was like, oh, this is going to be somebody really dope. And so like, obviously we like yeah. linked up and we tapped in at that point, but like, but like your first project, at least the first one I was able to find was um the pimps and oppressions ep from back in 2019 i don't know if that was your first one but it was the first one i was able to find yeah yeah this is fine for sure um so like cali like i made that when i was staying in cali oh word okay so like so like you know like obviously at that point you had decided you wanted to make music and um so like walk me walk me through what walk me through making pimps and oppression and what it kind of meant to you at the time and what it means to you now kind of being um about three years removed from it right so i guess like when i was making pimps and oppression well the reason i named it like pimps and oppression i was gonna do like different volumes of it whereas like it was gonna be pimps and oppression as the first project and then oppression and pimps as the second one so in mm. different perspectives like all right let's say you could take the pimp as society and then society and its oppressed people and the reason, like, all of these things in society, I am society. So I guess I'll be the pimp of society. And I'm taking you through what I'm seeing. Like, I'm walking in spaces. When I was in Cali, like, the neighborhood, like, this is the best example I could get. And they were like, this is what this project still, like, what, what it means to me. And it just takes me back to that place. The area I was living in, mind you, I rode my bike around all the time because it's hills. Like, I never had hills my whole life. So, like, right. I'm going to ride my bike in the hill, like, around the hills in the area that I live in. I'm shooting a video for the promo for Pimps and Oppression. And then like, of course, some cops come, they talking to me, they talking to me and they're like, uh, yeah, we just, uh, we're doing our our routine, like uh, stop, cause there's been so many break-ins in this neighborhood, bro. Nobody was doing break-ins, like where I was. Like, right. it was just kind of <laughs> like, regardless of where I am, if even if I am looked at as uh, a high person in society or a frowned upon person in society, we're all oppressed. So it's kind of like, that's what that project kind of was, like what the whole preface of the project was. And when I was making it, I found myself being in the like prettiest area and seeing the prettiest shit, but having severe writer's block and not, 
like when I would get by the beat, I either wouldn't like the beat or the words just wouldn't resonate to the stuff I was putting on the beat, you know, sonically. But even then, like, I still like appreciate the project for what it is. Cause I feel like it's, it opened doors like for like a lot of people during that time, just having an introduction to me and then seeing like, okay, he's seriously making music for sure now. Like he's, he's traveling with it. Like he's doing shows in Cali, like he's doing certain things, but I wouldn't say I love that project the most, but it's like all my projects, I guess that was just a kid I didn't understand how to raise, but I was still trying to raise him. You know what I mean? That was <laughs> right. like that's that's basically what that project was for me. But I still love that concept, like just like having like just just I don't know, like to that time period, that's how I felt. Like I like, that's how I felt in society. So I was like, that's what I made and what I wanted to push into the universe into society. Facts, you know, and like and you know, like as as like one of your early joints, like that's you kind of, you know, like feeling your way around, like putting a concept like that together and like. And, and just like putting it into the world through music. So it's all just a part of the learning process on top of that, you right. know? It's, it's always lessons, bro. Like, it's still like, always. I still I still, I still still love like, like 526 is on there. Yeah. Then the intro is, the intro is a duet with me and my sister, my middle sister. So I was like, I, like, I, like, I still love it. It's just, it, you know, like, <laughs> it's the one of the time I was watching Drink Chimps and Ghostface was saying how he hates his first album. Cause his yeah. home is really, his homie literally got locked up for 20 years and he still had to make an album. I feel him. Like, it was just like, I'm like, I'm in an area that it, like, it looks beautiful, but it's like the most fuck shit is going on at home. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like, I can't escape. Just cause I've physically escaped home. It's still a lot of shit going on at home. And it's like, I can't even, like, it was just a lot going on. Like, and I couldn't really navigate my way, my ways through it. And normally how I navigate in my form of therapy is making music. And at the time what I was making, I didn't like. And I didn't feel like it was a reflection of how better I got to that point, you know? But I mean, right. I, it's still a lesson. It's like, you're never going to have a perfect song. And once you realize imperfection is beauty, you can really shine. And it's like, at that point, I didn't understand that concept. I was just trying to force myself to create. And you can't force that. Like, you like you just can't force music. Now it's like, if I'm not fucking with it, I just I just do something else. I take a walk. Like, I do yeah. something else. I talk to somebody I ain't talked to in a minute. Those make the best songs. Or those make those make the best moments. Like you know what I mean? For real, I'm the same way. You know, like you you, you really can't force that shit. Like you can you know you can leave something at four o'clock and then come back six hours later after doing some other shit and you just get that you just get that zeal and it just like hits and you're just back in it. You know, like I I I, I, I totally I totally feel you and you know like like that alone like that particular like just trying to make it in general is already going to be tough like without a fucking pandemic fucking destroying everything around us and just like making travel and things like as hard as it is but like you know like you like you really started to gain steam as the pandemic started to gain steam and just like and and just and just like being a being a relatively new artist who has to deal with something like that like that's like there really isn't going to be there aren't going to be very many time periods in history where that's like there aren't like there isn't an analog to an artist who's coming up during COVID, you know, right. like like that's kind of unprecedented in a lot of ways. So just because I'm curious for you, like what's kind of what was or, you know, I guess is right now the most challenging aspect of trying to like really push this music shit like while there's a fucking pandemic happening. And just like throwing everything off out of whack and shit. Right. I guess, I mean, 
re- I feel like very recently, show wise, a lot of things have opened up being a blessing, I guess you could say. Cause like, I mean, I just did the show in New York, uh-huh. which I like, that was the first time I performed in New York, but a year ago that wouldn't have happened or even two years ago that wouldn't have happened due to like what's been going on with COVID. But COVID kind of like, for me, it was a blessing in disguise. Like COVID saved me for myself. Like literally I had, I had to sit down and reflect on what I wanted to do with my life and how I could find people around me who are conducive to my self growth and what I felt like served me, like I served my purpose or my greater purpose to get into my highest self. I didn't understand that concept completely when I was in California. I was more so fighting the war with myself and lashing that out to all the people who I fucked with. So I was like, going to Cali, I was separated from people who I was getting into. I was separated from myself, really, because the person who I knew was in Louisiana. And I was trying to rediscover myself and figure out who I was when I was in Cali. Mm. So when COVID happened, I ended up leaving Cali, Cali and going with my parents in Texas. And it just being with them, kind of like, I don't know, like, it just re, like, it reshift like a, a, like a layer of peace and like just a layer of like who I was, like what I was like, you know, you cause I like the world's on pause, but mind you, like I just dropped out of school. I just left Cali. So I was like, all right, I know what I, I know what I want to do, but what am I doing? You know what I mean? It was one of those things where it's like, everything is paused. And kind of when I put out dreadlocks, it's like, I was getting into a space where it's like certain curators or certain writers were seeing me for the first time. And it's kind of like, all right, I'm gonna give y'all this introduction, then I'm gonna give y'all a project. But in the midst of me being ready to give out a project, COVID happens. So now it's like, all right, I can't give y'all a project. Cause it's like, I feel like I shine the most when I perform. I feel like my live performances are always gonna, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not gonna manifest it, but my live performances hit harder than my actual songs. I feel like, I feel like that's when you really see me like in the in the greatest light or how I really, how I really feel like this is my expression of like to music and this is what, this is how I contribute to music. This is why I feel like I'm pushing the culture forward or pushing music forward. That comes from when I'm with my band and when I'm like performing live, but it's like, I can't do live shows to a project. I can't even put out a project. That's how I felt. So it's like, I was with my parents trying to figure out. And then in the midst of the world, just being oblivious relationships with certain producers and certain people while I was just changing my whole mindset, or like mindset, or like how I process things in my brain. And that just kind of dictated me being like, all right, the energy I put on this project isn't the energy I'm ready to put out into the universe. I feel like I can be better than this. Not to say the music wasn't good, but just who I was as a person, like I, I wasn't, at that moment I realized I just wasn't ready. And when you're not ready, the universe is gonna show you that. And it presented it ironically, like even before COVID certain things happened that literally set me down and humbled me and got my character better. Now that I've developed my character, everything's going the way it is now. And this this is years later, you know? But yeah. I've been working on it since then, you know? Right, you know, and that's like a, and that's like a lifelong process, but to just kind of like come into that, like to kind of come into that in like your early twenties is a really, you know, I, I mean like your early twenties are kind of like a crazy period for growth as it is. Yeah. But like that, but like that in particular is just like to have it kind of get boosted by a thing like COVID is just wild. And then, you know, of course, like, of course, over the course of the next however long up until right now is when you work on and release to a dark boy, which is out now and is once again, like I said, super fucking crazy. Um, so like, no, nah, of course. So like, while, so like, while you're kind of going through this moment, and like asking yourself what you want of you, 
like where did the initial idea to kind of put together to a dark boy come from? I guess how I treat how I treat every project. I want I want it to be quality wise, as if a random person will buy your vinyl, not buy your CD, not buy your not buy your project on iTunes. Physically buy your vinyl because it's just yeah. a great record. I feel like vinyls are records that you purchase, and I feel like I want to make every time I put out a project, I want it to hit like a record, like like a like a crazy record, like well thought out. The colors are coordinating with everything. The way it's sequenced is coordinating with everything. And it's just like the all around story. Like I want it to make sense. And it doesn't have to necessarily be the most conceptual piece, but this is my film, you know? Like I'm like I'm showing you my film and presenting it in the best packaging I possibly can. And then letting right. you take it how you want to take it. Cause like once I put it out now, you discuss it, you get impacted how you get impacted with it, you know? But really like the whole process of that, I would I put out Away game with Wave World. He's from Baton Rouge too. He's another producer. Yeah, shout out to Wave World for sure. Yeah, Wave's crazy. That's my that's my brother. Like I put it out with him, and then through that, I got an email from a dude named Curdy. He's from Virginia, and Curdy was like, he's he's a crazy ass guitarist, right? He was on tour. I, I can't remember what the name of the band was, but he was on tour, and basically like his contract was like like it wasn't a good contract or whatever, so he ended up leaving the tour, and Mind you, this is like COVID. He's trying to figure out what he wants to do. So he's like, right, I'm going to learn how to make beats. So in the process of him learning how to make beats, he finds a way game. He emails me with a like like a heartfelt like email. Like I've never gotten an email. Like, the way he emailed me with a pack, he was like, I, I spent my time learning how to make beats. Like I spent my time perfecting this. And it's like a way game has really changed like my perception of just production and like the way I want to take it like sonically. And I feel like I could help you along that process. And even if you don't like any of these beats, I'm still a fan at the end of the day. That's how you like summarize like the email. And I was like, shit, like uh, you didn't, you didn't butter me up now. Like, uh, right, like how do you say to, no to that? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, like, how, like, how can you like, I listened to the, I listened to the pack and I, I loved like every beat. Like, I literally love like every beat of it. Then we didn't end up using any of those like, like introduction. Like that's when we were just getting our chemistry together. But dude, I was just talking to him like every day and it ended up him dictating like the sound of the project. Like I specifically when we started getting like closer, me and him went back and we was bumping a lot of super duper fly. Missy's first, Missy's <laughs> first album. And it's kind of like the chemistry Missy had with Timbo was kind of like how I felt with him. Like it was like, I'm hearing, I'm hearing like, a, I don't know, like sonically you giving me everything that I want. Cause you understanding like the textures that I want. And the textures I feel like I was lacking when it came to merging a certain, I want to say like electronic alternative type texture sound with jazz on top of like neo soul. Like I wanted to merge all of those together and still be like, you know, true to me, like this, like discovering how that sound would be. But the fact that he's just like an exceptional guitarist, he understand what kind of vein I wanted to be just because he knows guitar first, you know? So like just having his perspective and his ear I was like, yeah, bro, you gotta, you gotta run the exec on this, like, bro, like, you beat a, beat a one of my two, beat a point guard, I'll be the shooting guard, like, I take the shots, like, literally, like, it's the same way when I'm with Wave, like, I let Wave, like, un, like execute his vision, I just add and contribute to the world, like, literally, like, if he, if, if he picks the building, I'm helping him with interior design. I'm like, right. oh, this couch will look real fire with this rug, bro. Just like, like, this would be like crazy, you know, like, with certain things, even like. For example, like with Proud Family on uh, Away Game, 
I made the loop, then I sent it to Redville. He was fucking with the loop, so I sent it to Wave World. Then we made that, and that's how they. And that was just from watching fucking uh, what show was that? The Parkers. Like that was just some transition music. Literally right. from Benjamin. Literally from Benjamin. I was like, bro, I need new sounds. And it was like, I don't know, like certain stuff like that. But basically, to get back on, like, but mind you, like I'm, I'm cool with mad producers, bro. Like. I'm very grateful. Like, I'm very grateful. Like, a lot of great producers, like, in, even industry producers, I have, like, cool relationships with. But I knew for this project specifically, he understood where I was trying to take it and what my mind frame was with everything that went down, you know? Like, leave, like leaving California, going to Texas, coming back to BR. Like, just that whole, like, that whole process, he understood where I was coming from. And me and him was just talking every day, and we just formed, like, like being becoming, like, best friends. And, like, through that, we just knew what we wanted to do because being best friends, we show each other what we listening to. So I was telling him certain projects I was listening to and like how certain albums ran. And it's like, he understood that. It. So it's like, he helped me like get everything together, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, nah, that producer, that nah, like that producer rapper relationship is so much more sacred than I think people really want to give it credit for. Cause like it's, 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 you know, like the bet, the best rapper producer relationships are always like super collaborative and intimate in that way. It's all it like, like not that it should always be more than just like hey here's some beats because like sometimes hey here's some beats is cool but like but like that's not what makes something like but but like that's what makes something like to a dark boy so special and you know like and like obviously like you know like the beats are incredible once again like they're so 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 good like 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 silhouette like silhouette's the one i've been stuck on forever like that's like my favorite song on here that i can't stop playing and yeah. nah, of course. And like you, you know, like what you bring to the table is like your imagery is so vivid and your metaphors and punchlines are always just like so creative and just like so like like you're a real good storyteller and you're just like you just you just have fun with the shit, you know, like the one thing that comes to mind um um at the end of silhouette is when you tell somebody you think you kanye you bound to a bad um you bound to a bad contract you're just a new slave and you know like the first thing that might come to mind for somebody is like oh like it's it's, oh like like it's like a a new new slave slave. it's a new slave metaphor but then like it took me a couple seconds to realize like oh you put bound to at the beginning of that too so it's just like the layers there and just like stuff to kind of see as you crazy yeah he he went wild Bro, you know, like, what's wild is, bro, like, I did, you, you remember Hurricane Ida? Yeah, I don't know I if do. you're familiar with that hurricane. All right, so when that hurricane happened, I didn't have power for two weeks. So I left, I left BR and went to Texas. But it was on some, like, speed of the moment. Oh, like, the, the hurricane about to come, you got to dip right now. You got to dip right now. So it's like, I ended up leaving, and I didn't bring my equipment. Normally, I just bring, like, literally, I bring this with me everywhere I go, bro. Ah, uh, we got the like, same mic. That's crazy! Wow. I take I take it off the stand. Like not even. I just got like we. It's probably different. I put. I got this uh shield. I went. What, what mic you working with? Oh, oh, I'm working with a tonar. No, no, no. We we got different mics. We, different mics. Similar, similar build. Probably, probably similar hardware or whatever. But basically, right, I right. Really broke. When I made lively, I sat on the couch and literally like sang like that. Literally, but I didn't have time to bring none of my stuff. Like I literally just packed a quick like duffel bag and left. And took a car ride with one of my cousins to Houston. And I literally recorded Silhouette with some headphones. And then I sent it, I sent it to one of my managers. And he was like, oh yeah, we need Marco on this. We gotta get Marco on this. We gotta get Marco on this. And I'm like, all right, bro, can I uh 
can I go back to BR and then like record it for real? And then I was like, oh, bro, we already sent it. And I'm like, y'all niggas tripping. But then like, it became a blessing. Like it became a blessing in disguise, you know? Yeah, nah, blessings in disguise seem like they're, seem like they're like a running theme with you, you know, like you just kind of, you just kind of like take it as it comes and just roll with the punches type shit. And, you know, like you that's how, it? yeah, exactly. And that's how a song like Silhouette happens, you know, and that's, and that's just another one of those things that makes that song that much more incredible. Like on top of the fact that you're just rapping your fucking ass off and just like, y'all, y'all, y'all really put your ankle in that whole song. Like I swear, nah, nah, nah. I'll put my foot in for real, for real. That's, that's what you call some gumbo. That's some gumbo. Yeah. <laughs> for real, for real. Like that's some gumbo for selfish stuff. But it's like oh. I'm just very appreciative, like that he hopped on that song, and then like the fact that he got inspired from that. You know what I mean? Right. Because you could tell, like on that song, he wanted, he wanted to, he wanted to really spit, like he really wanted to spit, like, and I love like. I feel like for the most part in these new spaces where I'll come and do features with certain people, they want to put forth their best effort. I feel like that's the greatest compliment I could ever get, you know? The fact that people are getting recharged when I send them opens. Even though like, when I made that song, I wasn't on some, I'm trying to make the hardest bars or the hardest like things. Like I was literally just speaking from experience. Yeah. How I felt, like literally to how I felt. Right, you know, and like that's, like that's one of the that that's one of the things that's so special about to a dark boy as a whole it just kind of feels like you speaking on your experiences and just kind of like laying this out for other people to kind of take from it what they will and like once again like we were talking about roadmaps before like that that particular roadmap is just like a really important one to just kind of pass down to people regardless of age or whatever and you know like i like i'd ask what you want people to take away from to a dark boy but it's pretty obvious because you say it right at the end at the on the very last song we say to a dark to a dark boy caged in his own mind i say be free be true be brave and most importantly be yourself not who they say you are and and you know like that um like like obviously this is an album kind of centered in blackness in a way that i feel like a lot of work is like explicitly or not explicitly and you know like blackness is obviously not a new concept in music or in rap but like considering how you put this album together and what you wanted it to say like like how do you feel to a dark boy approaches this topic in a way what do you feel is the most unique way that you approach that topic on this album and how do you feel it gets there in a way that might that we may not have seen before that was kind of I asked that in a naughty and strange way, and I'm sorry about that. No, but. no, 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 I get you. I get you. Basically, like, all right, the best way I could put it, the song, like the the project itself, starts with the song "Survivor's Guilt." I feel like a lot of Black people specifically have went through so much traumatic shit to where they're in situations where they feel like they could have saved someone, or they could have done something, or could have said something, or could have not existed at all, or been at the right place at the wrong time. And I feel like through that, being in certain situations, even now, like I have the luxury of traveling the country while some of my friends can't. So it's kind of like, I feel yeah. guilt to a certain extent that I was born with the parents that I was born with allowed, and they allowed me to express myself in certain mediums and truly accept that I know homies who had parents who didn't, or had a mother who didn't, or had a, a father who didn't. So it's kind of like everything that we going through, through the infrastructure of being black, it's a lot of trauma that we don't touch and that we don't talk and that we don't seek like therapy for or like seek, like, I don't know, like 
a conversation or starting a conversation. So it's kind of like, I feel like my introduction to y'all through this project of how I feel is like, I survived a lot of shit. And now this is me telling you in the story. And basically like, you know, them black films where it's like, and this is like, it takes you at the end of the film in the beginning. That's how this project is. This is yeah. my, and this is where it all fucked up. And then it loops, then it loops you in. Then it loops you in to testify. Where I bring you back to the intro or like the ending of the movie. I bring you back to that scene. And then I explain and I elaborate it more, you know? Right. Yeah. And like, and you know, like, th- and like, it's a whole journey, you know? Like I, yeah. I've, I've been, um, it's just a whole journey. And I've been really fascinated over the course of the last, like, I want basically, I want to say like this entire year so far, these last four months, but I've just been caught up on the idea of like, of just like sequencing and like how an album moves from front to back and like to a dark boy really moves like that to me. And that's just really important that people still care about a project that kind of moves front to back and isn't just a collection of songs and a collection of songs is always cool right. to me like if yeah. they're good it's it's all good but like i just uh it's just always special when somebody really puts that like extra effort into it to make it kind of flow front to back in a certain way you know yeah like i really like i put i put a lot of time into it bro and even just like if you listen in uh you don't have to understand theory but like certain songs i make sure the last like bar loops into the next bar, but it resolves in a certain way. So sonically, it makes sense. So it's kind of like, I think like the way Silhouette goes into the next song or like really my favorite, my favorite like part of the album is when it's like Eleanor's in a loop goes into the mix song that goes into Testify. Mm. The way it just runs, like the way it just runs, it's like, it's almost like seamless, like seamless, which I love like the most part, but really like even to like the certain like tight like the songs bro like just like how the second song is called like close shadows or like how it's like silhouette just like embodying blackness or like even being literally black you know what i mean like yeah certain things that ain't like the melanated people who like rejoice in the evening sun like literally like just certain things like i just i went i don't know like i really went full in like with it you know and then like even just like to darkness of like at a, when you go outside at 1102 it's pitch black like certain, like certain things, you know? Like I, I, I made sure like I was detailed. I made sure like I really, like for the longest I've done my homework with just music. So now it's like, all right, this is just my notebook while I was taking notes and I'm just showing it to you. Like, this is just like, this is my version of how I think it sounds nice. Like, I feel like this is a nice album. Like this is how, I, a nice album that I copy. Like if, if I was going back to, to the store back in the day, like this would be an album I'd pick out. Like if it was just getting vinyl, cause like even the cover bro, like it's, right. just, it's just crazy. Yeah. Like certain things, like it just has that feeling that a classic like thing or a classic entity would have, you know? Yeah, that fisheye lens shit. I love, I love the, I love the, I love the little fisheye lens effect you put on there gave me gave me old like Busta Rhymes vibes and shit right (laughs) yeah I love it bro what's crazy like fucking on uh, me and Wave me and Wave we finishing our like the third project like it's the follow-up to uh Wave Game right yeah in the first single like I shot a video on uh Super 8 ironically like Busta Rhymes daughter is like the main character in that's just crazy to me. Like, it's, it's, <laughs> it's crazy how things like, it's crazy how things come back around, bro. Cause it's like, I got locks cause of Buster, no cap. Like just my Man. appreciation for Buster, bro. Like, 
I feel you. Like he had like his look crazy and like his just like just like the way he rapped and like the visual style that he always went for and all his videos with like the hype Williams stuff. Like he like. was like like at that time, like even even up until like the big bang when everybody started to hate him low key, like he just like he just had like he just had style. Like he always had style and he was like, that was one of the reasons why he was so important to me. Like forget his skill. He just had style. Like one of the best rap performances performers I've ever seen in my life for sure. And I'm seeing him after, after his quote unquote peak. So I can only imagine when he was my age. Man, like, like yeah. even, even back to leaders of new school and shit, he probably was crazy back then. Like he was even crazier from what I heard. Like you know, like, yeah, like his, you know, like just like off his verse on the Tribe album, like just like yeah. off his verse on Scenario, like he's he's one of the wildest yeah. performers ever. Thanks. Like, yeah, um, and what? So to wrap this all up and to kind of bring the idea of the to a dark boy thing home, like it, or yeah, like so like the album's out people have had people have had time to digest it for a few months you had time to digest it for a few months like now that you've kind of like now that you're kind of like on the scene in a way that you weren't necessarily like a year ago or like two years ago like what do you hope people take away from wakai like now that you're here and you're like hey this is my statement this is what i'm about like if somebody were to ask you like yo like what are you all about what would you tell them I tell them I figured out how to move with love for what I was appreciative of when it came to music. I understand that I love music, so now I treat music with love. And also, mainly through this project, you're watching uh, a 21-year-old Black man understand how to love himself. And once, like, once you take those two things and put them together, that's the most powerful like chain reaction you can have. So now it's kind of like, all right, y'all, I fucked around and figured out what the chemicals were. Y'all didn't have to tell me. I found out for myself. So now it's right. like, I, this is just, I just gave you a sample. Like, I, I really just gave you like a sample size of it just to be like, hey, I, it kind of tastes good. So, uh, hey, uh, let, me, let me make you a plate. But I got a whole pot. Like, so it's, li- it's literally like, this is just this is really the introduction. And I was telling my managers, like when we meet with people, I like have certain meetings. I'm just telling people like, the same feeling I got when I first seen the acid rap cover, or when I first seen the Waters cover, that's what yeah. this should be. This literally, like, I feel like, in timing wise, obviously, I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna take it as far as I can possibly take it within the means of me being myself. And like, you know, like, if I continue to put in as much work that I do, like, go to the studio first when the sun rising up, and then leaving after everybody else when the sun rises up again. That's how I'm going to continue to be. If I can keep doing that. It's gonna be the same right. way. Like the same way when you first seen Chance, the same way you first seen Mick. This is just the first time you seeing me. Like it's gonna be the same thing, you know? Right. And you got Mick on the album, which like yeah, once Mick. again, like I remember when you sent me the song and you were just like gassed off the fact that you got Mick on and just like yeah, that was is. yo, bro, like yeah, like I don't have any more questions, but like just just in general, like congratulations. Congratulations right. on getting Mick on here. Congratulations on to a dark boy. Congratulations on you know, making it to New York and doing your first show. I'm sorry I wasn't there. I wanted to be there, but I had other shit going on. And um, nah, you're gonna catch one, bro. You're gonna catch one, bro. You're gonna catch no, one. I, no, I, I, I will. No, I will. But like, you know, just like, thank you. Cause like, this was fun. This is enlightening. Um, just, just like hearing, just like hearing you put ideas together. 
like these last for this last like hour and a half has been fucking nuts like like i just love the way your brain works and i'm just like no nah, just it, bro. nah man thank you like just thank you for taking the time because nah, yeah thank you thank you for having me bro and like to add on to what you're saying bro i fuck with you mutually the same amount bro like i love how you just yourself like you do you do what you like and i'm the same way like if i don't necessarily like it and my heart ain't in it and i don't have good intent with it i don't fuck with it so that's right. why I was like, I feel like it's just a mutual respect for you. Like, especially like in your position in the field that you're in, it's hard to really stand on your 10 toes. And the fact that you do, I can respect that because I'm the same way, literally. I appreciate you, bro. It's, it's just like, we 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 got we to gotta be ourselves. And I'm happy to kind of have the freedom to do that because not everybody has the freedom to do that. But like the fact that we do it and like, I see that in you and just like, I can't wait to see where you go from here, man. Like, it's just like, the, 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 the yeah, nah, like your, your, your road is long. Like, I just can't wait to see where it, where it goes from here for real. <laughs> like, hey, it's com- hey, I'm coming. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, I put this on Twitter, bro. That's gonna be my DM next year for sure. Let's for go. Show for sure. Talk to just, these niggas. It's literally only April. Like. Thanks for listening. Shout out to y'all for making it this far. And shout out to all the black people listening too, because y'all really impeccable. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and tell a friend to come through next time. One. <laughs>